I can't believe it. It's it's going to be another w- one of those weeks where we have to talk about NFL players taking a knee again. Uh, so we'll discuss what happened over the course of the past weekend with the NFL Donald Trump. There have been a few more North Korea developments and a little bit more to go over as well, including the Star Wars talk I didn't talk about last week. All this coming up and more. Get ready and tighten your seatbelt. Welcome, guys. It's Tuesday, September 26, 2017. Coming at you again, yet again, yet again, yet again on a Tuesday. Uh, you know, I listened to my episode last week and I, I kind of realized I was very disgruntled, was I not, at the beginning of that episode? I was. Uh, that was that was bitter employee. Bitter employee, Fritz. Yes, it, it, it occasionally happens. It's... Uh, it's tiring getting froze every week. And and you might be sitting here, if you've been listening for the past couple weeks, you might be like, oh, well, Fritz got froze again. Well, no, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. See, yesterday, I uh, had mandatory training on the 8 to 4 shift for the electronic stun cuff, which... All the way up until the class, they ma- they made me believe that I had to have it deployed on me. And, I mean, for those of you who don't know my past, I've been shocked with a stun shield. I have uh, been shocked with another electronic immobilization device that was called the Bandit, which was a sleeve that goes around your ankle or your calf or on your arm. Which also does electric pulses and all that jazz. Uh, and I am not a fan of electricity. I'm not. Uh, a lot of people are deadly afraid of electricity. Mind you, these devices, like the, the stun cuff, it doesn't jolt electricity all up and down your body. All right, it, It's a concentrated 50,000 volt you know, arc that's about, a, about like half an inch. Long. Maybe an inch. I, I think it's half an inch. Long. Alright, and all it does is just shoots that 50,000 volts, I, th- I think 3 milliamps per second. And it causes immense pain concentrated right on the area that it's locked on your skin. And, uh, well, so some people in the... Long story short, uh, you're not required to take the hit. Um, there's this thing in corrections in law enforcement about some of the tools that you get to use like OC spray for example every law enforcement official has been sprayed with pepper spray all right we know how bad it sucks 
for some people. Some people are immune to it. There's like a 2% of the population that if you spray them, nothing will happen. And there is a tolerance that you can develop for them too because I I can tell you I've ran into many a situation where we've had inmates fighting each other or you know something along those lines where chemical, whether it's OC spray or chemical agents have been deployed. And after a while, yeah, you develop a tolerance for them. You can just, you know, you work through it better than you did the last time. So there's this notion that, oh, you have to, to train on it and use it. You have to feel the force behind it. That's what they say. They say you have to realize what it is that you're utilizing, what effects it has on a person, so that you know why it's not something to toy around with. A novel idea, except that they don't like when I bring up this argument. I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly why all law enforcement academies, uh, all police agencies, uh, all military training, that's why they shoot you with an actual bullet uh, through the skin so that you could feel the power behind it. They don't do that. The whole, uh, I, maybe I'm just, maybe this is bitter employee coming out again, but... I believe that they, uh, you know, I believe that they spray you and put you through the chem agents and stuff because the higher ups who have been there for a while, it's like a rite of passage almost. They get to they get to torture you for a little bit and have fun. That's what I think it's for. The I I, I speculate getting sprayed was an experience for me that I you know I don't want to go through it again, but it it showed me the power of you know huh, this stuff sucks for about twenty minutes and really makes you feel. Like, uh, uh, like you want to die for that 20 minutes. For that 20 minutes, it feels like you want to die. And it's not, you know, it is what it is. It wears off and you're fine. It doesn't do any damage to you. It just freaking hurts for 20 minutes. That's all this stun cuff thing is. It just, it, it's five seconds. That's all it goes off for, five seconds. Everybody who's taken a ride from it has said that it is... Uh, they say it's five seconds, but they say it's more like 30 seconds, and it's hell. Just utter hell. Now, some people out there who never been in a prison and never dealt with this kind of environment and all that might go, wow, these sound like cruel torture devices that you're using against people who have you inhumanely locked up. Okay, I've, I've gone through this spiel a thousand times. And I'll probably go through it a thousand times more. Not everybody in prison is a victim of, you know, big brother government just finding excuses to lock people up. Not everybody is. All right. The tools are there for us to utilize in case somebody doesn't want to be compliant. If somebody wants to be combative and threatening and, you know... Here's the thing. You might not like corrections. You might not like the idea of locking people up in a prison for crimes that they committed. Crimes that could include rape and murder and, uh, you know, a dozen other things. Things that actually violate, you know, people's constitutional rights. Uh, This isn't new. This is not new. Okay, so you can be against the concept of locking people up. I don't know how you want to... I don't know how you want to deal with crime because crime is a thing. Um, Ending the war on drugs isn't going to magically... Uh, decimate crime rates it might help it might help but it's not going to magically wipe away people who have no problem breaking into people's houses and stealing crap alright that's still a thing no matter how much you talk to 
the most diehard libertarian <laughs> who is who who would staunchly criticize me for a wanting a limited government and but they would call me a hypocrite working for the government in this capacity we're not going to go off and do a tangent on it but even the most diehard libertarian is one who says no i absolutely have a right to own a gun and if somebody breaks into my house i can shoot them And that's where I bring in the Jim Jeffries argument of he's just trying to steal your TV. Is it worth killing his life for? Which, by the way, if somebody broke into my house, I, you know, I'm defending me and my property. Just, just so it's out there, just so it's on the record, if somebody tried breaking into my house, you are A, screwing with my safety and the sanctity of my home, and B, I'm not going to roll over and just let you do what you do. You know? I'm not going to do that. That's not right. And I do expect the cops to grab your ass, lock you up, and for you to pay for the crime that you committed against me. Because you committed a crime against me. Try stealing something from my house, you're committing a crime against me. Alright, if I try to steal something from my neighbor's house, I'm committing a crime against my neighbor. Simple as that. Anyway, so we have all these tools, and all these tools are is to, look, you're locked up, you're in prison, this is the deal. I don't want to make your life a living hell. I don't know what you did, and I don't know what they did. I don't know every single person's charge, charge in there. I don't. I know that there's lots of them that have violent charges. I know that lots of them that I deal with are convicted. So it's not like they're just sitting there awaiting their trial and all that. So we're not even on that discussion. We're not even in that argument of that, that gets brought into the play. Uh, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of them are convicted on, you know, violent offenses. All right? So we have these methods in play strictly for compliance. Strictly for we need to keep this place civil. I want you to come out, have your recreation, make your phone calls, watch your TV. All right? Eat your buttload of commissary with sodas that you bought at market price, or not market price, but, you know, maker's value. We, we buy the commissary and sell it to them at, at cost. So they're buying bottles of soda cheaper than it costs for me to go to the vending machine and buy a soda. Not that I buy soda, just but it's an example. That's all I want. I just want them, I, I want them to come out. They can do whatever in their whole scope of rights that they still have in prison. My job is to make sure that they ain't beating each other up, ain't killing each other, ain't doing other nefarious things. Basically, it's very simple. However, you're dealing with such a a toxic environment and blending of personalities and power struggle and yada, 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 that the job becomes incredibly complex and you deal with childish, uh, stupid, dumb things. All right, on the street, maybe you can get into a fist fight with somebody and it's nothing. You guys, you know, shake hands afterwards. It is what it is. We can't let that happen in prison. We can't let you fist fight. All right? It's, no, you're not fighting. 
All right, if I have to remove you from this unit and transfer you to another unit, or vice versa, you know that's what's going to happen. All right, and then that's the thing in a prison that is a totalitarian, authoritarian environment because it's a prison. So when I heard that it was elective to take a ride on the stun cuff, I said, "No." I watched the two people in class who stepped up and took it. And that was enough for me. I said, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not do something to make somebody angry that has this box, and I'm not gonna use this on somebody unless they were truly unruly and about to hurt somebody. Case in point. I mean, it did make its point. Now, the, the sad part that I have to put out there is that I was uh, certified as an adjunct instructor in it, and. Long story short, they want me to take the hit. So I'll probably get hit with it at some point. And I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, well. I'm sorry, my chair needs... Ah, it didn't squeak that time. It needs WD-40. I I do a lot of sitting in this chair, and I do a lot of thinking, and I do a lot of podcasting, and I do a lot of blogging, and I do a lot of other things in this chair. All right, it is well-worn. All right, so over the weekend... Uh, you know, I, I wrote an article, not uh, it was a couple weeks ago, I wrote a blog post about Sling TV. I've been enjoying that for football, all right? Big time football fan here, all right? The national anthem thing is is going on in full force. And there's a lot to break down with it. So, bear with me. This whole thing started with Colin Kaepernick, a, we'll just call him decent quarterback option. This all started with him last year, taking knees during the National Anthem with the purpose of bringing to people's attention police brutality and yada, yada, yada. Now, Colin Kaepernick, it was what it was. It was an isolated case. It was just him doing it. Some people got very fired up about it. Uh, People do get emotional over these things. And rightfully so. Um, When they bring out the American flag, they sing the national anthem... A lot of people stand in honor of, well, in honor of the United States of America, in honor of the freedoms that they have, the fact that they have the freedom to stand for the pledge. They hold their hand over their heart uh, in memory of those that have fallen in defense of the nation. A lot of time, I mean, with the NFL, it's they always have service members there holding giant football field-sized flags. Uh, a lot of them do flyovers with F-16s. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge spectacle. They throw in fireworks. They get somebody to passionately sing the first verse of our national anthem. And, and it's routine. And... Uh, it, it hasn't been a time-tested tradition in the NFL, like like in, in the history of the NFL. 
the coming out and players standing on the field for the national anthem with the big flags and the military members and the flyovers and all that that has been that that's something that happened after sometime after 9/11 before 9/11 that really wasn't a, a, an aspect or a spectacle to the football stuff you, you were tuning in to watch football did they play the national anthem yeah they did, but the players weren't out on the field. It wasn't part of the entertainment package, if you will. There's lots of different articles you can read about. People speculating that, you know, uh, that a lot of funding came from U.S. departments to put military people on the forefront, to make things more patriotic, to get to inspire more patriotism uh, in the country and to present the NFL as a more patriotic organization. All right, I'm reading right now from a People magazine article that was uh, released just the other day, in fact, just yesterday, talking about, um, you know, there's a meme, and uh, memes are not a good place to get your politics. It's not a good place to get your information. Um, Memes that are cropped specifically with quotations and all that and inspirational jazz, yada, 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 yeah, that's fine and all that. But you should never get your history or your facts from Memes, they tend to be a little vague or misinterpreted or misrepresentative is a better word. Okay, but in this article, all right, it'll state, it states, uh, quote, according to the widely circulated image, players stayed in the locker rooms during the national anthem for games prior to 2009 when the U.S. Department of Defense and the National Guard began paying the NFL millions of dollars to hold patriotic displays. The fact-checking website Snopes.com We're not going to go into how Snopes isn't always right. But that's beside the point. Looked into the meme and determined that while it is true NFL players were not required to be on the field for the National Anthem before 2009, they have always had the option to stand on the sidelines during the playing of the Star-Spangled Banner. Tom E. Current of the Comcast Sportsnet New England reported in August 2016 that teams appearing on the field for the National Anthem was a relatively recent development in the NFL. Curran said NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy confirmed the practice began in 2009 and added, quote, As you know, the NFL has a long tradition of patriotism. Players are encouraged but not required to stand for the anthem. In 2015, Senator John McCain and Senator John Flake released a joint oversight report on what they called the paid patriotism saying the Department of Defense gave as much as $6.8 million in taxpayer money to professional sports teams to honor the military at games and events over the past four years. McCain criticized the move in a statement at the time, saying, quote, fans should have the confidence that their hometown heroes are being honored because of their honorable military service, not as a marketing ploy. The National Anthem meme was shared on Sunday by Jewel Smith, the wife of Cleveland Cavalier star J.R. Smith, who has also spoken out against President Donald Trump. After the president's controversial comments calling on the NFL to fire the son-of-a-bitch players who kneel in protest against the anthem, Smith tweeted, At Barack Obama, we need you back ASAP. Now, Barack Obama, we don't need you back ASAP, all right? I mean, in terms of your decency... In terms of your presentation, your presentation is far better than Donald Trump's. But we don't need you back, all right? Uh, and But that's beside the point. This is what Donald Trump had said 
in the middle of a rally over the weekend or in the middle of a of a, an event where he spoke. This was his exact quote. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Okay, now, right after Trump says this, as you can hear the crowds going on, he's kind of gloating about how he's firing up a crowd. All right, sorry that the, sorry that the quote is at a lower frequency. So we have the USA chants, you know, yeah, it's cool. The, the, the USA chants are cool. You know, some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. That's, that's Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. The, Jerry know. Jones doesn't they allow them to kneel, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. They don't know. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country because that's a total disrespect of our heritage. That's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for, okay? Everything that we stand for. And I know we have freedoms, and we have freedom of choice, and many, many different freedoms, but you know what? It's still totally disrespectful. And you know, when the NFL ratings are down massively, massively, the NFL ratings are down massively. Now, the number one reason happens to be that they like watching what's happening on, you know, with yours truly. Yeah, cocky, arrogant, full of yourself. Nobody's like actually watching you for that. Because, you know, today, if you hit too hard, right? They hit too hard, 15 yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes. Two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom, 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game. Right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit. Okay? They want to hit. But, but it is hurting the game. So, <laughs> so Donald Trump, you know, more or less, challenging the NFL owners. Hey, you know, you guys don't have balls. You won't throw these guys off of the field. All right, so the NFL, a lot of the teams responded over the weekend with uh, the entire team locking arms for the national anthem. Uh, Some of the people who have been kneeling continued to kneel. Some entire teams kneeled. Some fans booed. Some fans turned their TVs off. They still played NFL football. And you know what's funny about Donald Trump's address there, too, is that he talks about, he's like, oh, the ratings are are in a downward spiral over this. But also they're ruining the game with the stupid flags and the penalties, and they don't let each other hit hit each other that hard anymore. Well, that's not a fact. Uh, Nobody gets flagged for hitting somebody too hard. They get hit for helmet-to-helmet hits. Uh, They get hit for, uh, they get flagged for pass interferences. Uh, they get flagged for holdings, but uh, I've never seen a flag thrown for, you know, hit too hard, 15-yard penalty. Like, never seen that before. But it's the fact that how scatterbrained is how scatterbrained is Donald Trump as our president that he's talking about 
players taking a knee and that causing bad ratings for the NFL. But the NFL just gets bad ratings anyway because they're ruining the football game. Any Joe Blow can tell you that the NFL ratings have declined over the years. The Super Bowl is still breaking records and all that. But the actual NFL viewership has declined slightly over the past couple years for a number of factors of reasons. Um, One factor or reason to that is because of things like the penalties and, and the referee and the way that the game had been treated like solely like a business for a while. Like, people don't like the flags and the penalties. They think it's an over-regulated game. Hmm, over-regulated. What else is over-regulated nowadays? Like, maybe speech? Like, maybe speech is over-regulated. I don't know. Some of it is people think the game's over-regulated, and that's helped decline. You know what else has helped decline the viewership? Um, Because the viewership numbers for the NFL come in through Nielsen ratings on cable boxes and such. Well, somebody like me watching on Sling TV, that doesn't register on a Nielsen box. At least I don't believe it does anyway. So I stream it. Yeah, it's a cable service, but I stream it. So they don't actually know whether or not I'm viewing. They don't take that into consideration of the viewership. And streaming has become so popular that people stream this through NBC Sports, through CBS All Access, through Fox Sports Now, through these online mediums and options, because people have been cutting their cable subscriptions anyway. When you're cutting your hardcore cable subscription, businesses have to find other ways to reach you, and sometimes that doesn't factor into the spectrum. So th- that's that's a contribution to the declining NFL ratings. Now, let's get back to the main point. So Colin Kaepernick started this last year, over police brutality, taking knees, wearing socks of pigs wearing police officer hats, which was, you know, disrespectful in my book. Uh, You know, is kneeling during the National Anthem disrespectful? Is it disrespectful? I guess it is. Yes, I guess it is. I would never kneel during the National Anthem. I stand, I take my hat off, I put my hand over my heart because I think about people who have sacrificed themselves to build this nation up. And I'm talking about from the inception of the nation all the way down. I'm not just talking about today's generation. I'm thinking about the generations before me, the generations that will come after me. That's what I, you know, and that's the solidarity that I give for the National Anthem. You would never find me sitting, kneeling, or doing other stupid crap during the National Anthem. I would stop. All right, there's people who, when it plays on television, they stand up, put their hand over their heart, take their hat off. There's probably a crap ton of people who are complaining about the NFL players kneeling during the National Anthem, cussing them out on television while it's happening during the National Anthem, not respecting the National Anthem themselves. Because they're at home and in private and not in the spotlight. It is what it is. This all, and this is hopefully the last I'll talk about this whole situation. The whole kneeling thing, yeah, I find it disrespectful. It is an individual's right to do so. That doesn't make it right. 
that doesn't make it couth, that doesn't make it kosher, that doesn't make it good, that doesn't make it acceptable. And and it doesn't it doesn't mean I condone it. It simply means that that person has the right to do it. All right, everybody that's around and wants to boo the guy or boo the team or boycott the NFL or boycott the team, anybody that does that has the right to do that in turn. In fact, if enough people turn off the NFL and stop buying football tickets, if it if if it outrages you that much and you don't want to indulge in the NFL because of a couple of people doing it or a whole team doing it or whatever. If you don't want to give your money to it, then don't. Now, in turn, the NFL might respond to it by telling their players, hey, you no longer are allowed on company dime and time to do this. And I don't think anybody is arguing that point either because I this goes back to the Jerry Jones thing. I, you know, I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, and I hate the fact that people call them America's team because it's bullcrap. All right, the Cowboys suck. I'm saying that as an Eagles fan. The Cowboys suck. And I'm saying that as a football fan. The Cowboys suck. And America's team is not a mantra to attach to any any particular football team, but especially not the Dallas freaking Cowboys. I believe Jerry Jones put out something about you will not do this during the National Anthem. And to my knowledge, no Dallas Cowboy has done it during the National Anthem. In fact, right before Sunday Night Football, last night, or Monday Night Football, my bad. My days are mixed up. Right before the game last night, before the National Anthem, before the flag came out, before the National Anthem played, the team locked arms and they knelt for a moment before the flag came out, before the National Anthem, and still the crowd boos. So now I can kind of start to see the arguments in favor of the NFL and the teams doing it because where can you win? You're going to boo if they take a knee and lock arms in solidarity before the national anthem and then they're all standing for it? You're going to boo them for doing that before the national before it happens. They still come out and they still respect the National Anthem. They still stand for the National Anthem. They still roll out the flag for the National Anthem. They don't let any of the players kneel for the National Anthem, but they do it before the National Anthem, and the crowd still boos. You know what this whole business was? It was a reality star president who saw an opportunity to push something to the forefront because we're all so fucking petty and we would all be bickering and arguing over this. Because what else has been national news? What's been a hot topic to talk about? Just just the NFL. Oh, look at these self-entitled, rich 
you know, uh, overprivileged football players. And at the end of the day, arguments about football players, yeah, you know what? Football players probably went to college on a scholarship that was fully paid to play a game, not to broaden their studies or anything, but to play a game. And some of them are smart. Some of them busted their butt on the education side and the football side, and they're reaping the benefits of being athletically gifted and working hard and signing multi-million dollar contracts. Something that everybody listening to this program right now will know nothing about. We'll know nothing about. We'll, uh, even if I become a successful person, I will never know what it's like to sit at the negotiating table talking about, you know, tens of millions of dollars for a contract for X amount of years playing a football game. Never will I know that. A lot of people will never know what that's like. A lot of people will never know what it's like for a school to recruit you and give you a scholarship to their university to play on their football team. A lot of people won't know that. Case in point. This is diving into something else now. Now, here's the thing. President Trump, this this is what surprises me about all you people out there. The President of the United States, who is supposed to defend protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution which frames and talks about how the government will protect your rights, your unalienable rights or inalienable rights, depending on who you are. Yes, uh, Mr. Jefferson. It uh, so happens that the word is unalienable, not inalienable. I'm sorry, Mr. Adams, but inalienable is correct. I happen to be a Harvard graduate, Mr. Jefferson. I attended William and Mary, Mr. Adams. Gentlemen, please. Mr. Jefferson, will you yield to Mr. Adams' request? No, sir. I will not. Very well, then. Inalienable rights. I I don't care what... The fact is that the president got up and told private organizations what they should do with their employees. Which I find a little scary that more people don't find scary. Listen, there'd be no argument from me if one of these guys got fined or fired or suspended by one of the organizations if they had set if the organization sets out if the NFL as an organization set out and said listen this is how we're going to do NFL games we're going to play the national anthem the teams will be on the field the teams will stand this is going to be company practice okay that's company practice then if you don't follow it you can get fined by it or Suspended or fired, whatever. It's the organization's determination of how they want to be viewed. You could have an individual NFL team, for example, like Jerry Jones, saying, if you're going to work for me, you're going to follow the rules that I make, and if you're kneeling on the football field, I will penalize you. 
perfectly fine, Jerry Jones. Go ahead and do it. You can say Jerry Jones met halfway with everybody saying, all right, well, we'll all go out as a team and do it before the national anthem. But for the national anthem, we will stand. Good on you, Jerry Jones. I hate the fact that I'm complimenting the man and giving the Cowboys credit for something. I really I really am. Guys, Eagles fans, forgive me. And on top of all that, uh, I will mention, none of the Philadelphia Eagles have knelt. All right, Malcolm Jenkins puts his fist up in the air. Still catches a lot of flack for that. But he's still standing and he still bows his head, but he puts his fist in the air. Guys, the Don, he's a distraction master. Why are we arguing about this stuff? And how can he, as the president, say the things that he's saying and it not scare you a little bit because that's the type of government we're against. We're against a government that can compel people against what their own constitutional rights are. See, being a constitutionalist and being somebody who is pro-liberty, it's not necessarily easy because you have to get over your own prejudices and biases. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. I don't like you if you're not standing for the national anthem, but it's your right to do it. It's my right to tune out if I want to tune out. I might looking at tuning I might look at tuning out as arbitrary. I might look at me still watching the NFL as not supporting directly those actions. All right, everything in life doesn't have to be so freaking absolute. In the meantime, the things that aren't being talked about, the continuing struggle with North Korea and the very high world tensions that are building up over it, all right, the devastating hurricanes that have been hitting the U.S. So we have Houston, we have Florida, uh, the islands of Puerto Rico, and some of the other tropical islands down there have been wreaked havoc, rained down on them from hurricanes. Uh, th- these are all things that are not being talked about. The disastrous every uh, every couple of weeks or so, the disastrous efforts over health care reform. Because the Republican Congress puts out something about Obamacare repeal. Trump talks it up. People, my guys like Rand Paul, say they're not going to support the bill because it's not what it appears to be. Donald Trump excoriates those Republicans. Uh, He goes to some special election in Alabama where he originally endorsed the Republican candidate but then walks it back and kind of doesn't even really care And this is what we got. We got this big jumbled mess. Big jumbled mess. Here's Rand Paul on the current health care situation. Struggle to pass the latest effort to repeal and replace Obamacare. Three no votes on the Graham-Cassidy legislation will sink the legislation. Three no votes from Republicans. Join me now is one of those votes. Apparently a no vote. Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Senator Paul, thanks for joining us. Always good to see you. Thank you, Jake. So yesterday you tweeted, I didn't run to put a cap on Obamacare. I ran to put a cap in Obamacare. Hashtag kill Obamacare. Hashtag no fake repeal. I know the White House has been in touch with you. Right now, um, they're trying to make adjustments to satisfy you. 
have they gotten there yet? Well, I think they're going in the opposite way. They're trying to make adjustments to buy the votes of certain senators by giving them more money for their states. My point all along has been we have a $700 billion deficit this year. We borrow about a million dollars a minute. We have a $20 trillion debt, but we can't afford more entitlement program. We have to put more controls on entitlement program. So I think having a trillion dollar program, they basically keep the Obamacare spending and then they reshuffle it, take it from Democrat states and give it to Republican states. That's not repeal. That basically to me is just sort of keeping it and sending the money to different places. Have you spoken with President Trump or Vice President uh, Pence directly today? Uh, not today. I spoke to him over the weekend, and I did say the one thing I am open to is they will pare the bill down and get rid of the block grants. And if you want to expand health savings accounts, I'm for that. If you want to put some caps and control entitlement spending, I'm for that. If you want to give governors more control over the spending by having waivers, I'm for that. I just, it hurts me deep inside to think of voting for a trillion dollars for Obamacare taxes and spending when that's what I've talked about for seven years that I'm opposed to. I went to tea parties across the country, across Kentucky, talking about how I wanted to repeal Obamacare. Voting to keep it and block granting it is not repeal, it's sort of fake repeal. What about the fact that they, uh, they allow states to petition uh, to get out of uh, these requirements, the regulations that I know uh, you oppose, uh, mandating that insurance uh, cover things like contraception, maternity care, substance abuse, mental health, things like that. Uh, is that, at least in your view, a step in the right direction? I think legalizing choice is a great thing. So you need to let the consumer buy what they want to buy. The government shouldn't tell you what you want to buy, and they never did until Obamacare. For the most part, you could buy what you wanted. And so I remember when I was a kid, I got very inexpensive insurance. The problem with insurance mandates are they're well-intended. So President Obama said to the American people, you're not smart enough to make your own decisions. I will make these choices for you. But the problem is the end result was insurance got to be very expensive. So somebody making $30,000 a year has $10,000 insurance with a $6,000 deductible. Just didn't work. And so the prices in the individual market have doubled. You got insurance companies saying they're no longer going to sell it. Obamacare is a disaster, but we need to legalize choice. And so to some people that says, oh, you're not going to guarantee this. To other people, it means freedom to buy something that you can afford that is right for the needs of your family. But, you know, we can't talk about health care. We're, we're too busy talking about what the football guys are doing to talk about health care, to talk about Lindsey Graham's proposal, to talk about, hmm, why is people like Rand Paul not supporting the idea? You know, why? Well, we can't talk about that. We're not allowed to talk about that. We have to talk about football players what they're doing with their time. Sometimes I feel like people just need to find controversy in things. It's like uh, last week I mentioned I was going to talk about Star Wars in the intro and then I ended up not talking about Star Wars at all. Well, here's the Star Wars talk. Brace yourselves. Get ready. Star Wars fans argue and bicker back and forth all each other. Like, this is stupid, all right, to the level of... We're talking about entertainment now. We're talking about what entertains people. Star Wars under Disney sucks because um, it's not even George Lucas's thing, and The Force Awakens was just a remake of A New Hope, and it's unoriginal and boring and blah. All right, this is the stupid little petty arguments that people get into each other. The Force Awakens was really well done. Uh, Star Wars film in my mind and how it's a verbatim reboot of A New Hope is 
I don't see it. If there's one complaint I had, one complaint I had with The Force Awakens, it was the fact that your Starkiller base is just a massive Death Star that sucks up stars and then uses the energy to blow up entire systems rather than just a planet. So it was like, oh, we're back to giant death balls that the Resistance will undoubtedly find a way to explode. That's kind of boring. That that was the boring aspect of it. All the other stuff was kind of intriguing. Uh, the Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, the fact that Kylo Ren isn't technically a Sith. Uh, General Hux's character in general. Um, Han Solo's death. We're way past the point of spoilers now. If you haven't seen the movie, shut up. Uh, Han Solo's death was uh, an emotional gripping part thrown in there in a really toy with fans' emotions. and But uh, the cinematography and the storyline itself, really well done, uh, in ter- especially when trying to compare it to those uh, prequels that George Lucas did. I, I don't hate them, but I also recognize that they lack a good amount of quality. Abound. People are arguing over things like Ron Howard has been selected to direct uh, the Han Solo flick because the original director was having massive issues and the guy that they picked to play Han Solo, I forget his name, what is it? It's um, Aaron, I- Aaron Reich, Aaron Rich, something, something like that. It's something German, which probably means that he's a Nazi and we probably shouldn't support the film anyway, but that's beside the point because we live in this world of extremes. Uh, Ron Howard's taking it over. A lot of people poking fun at that, saying Ron Howard couldn't possibly make a Star Wars film. And I'm sitting here like, why don't we give the guy a chance? Like, yeah, the film might be trash. I don't know. I'm not that interested in a young Han Solo's... I'm not I'm not interested in the, uh, in the adventures of young Han Solo like they did with, you know, Indiana Jones, the young adventures of Indiana Jones, uh, which, according to people that I've talked to anyway was a good TV series so you know maybe maybe it is worth a shot I don't know I'll fall back because Disney did a great job with The Force Awakens they did an excellent job with Rogue One people even like to bicker and moan more about Rogue One which in my opinion to this day Rogue One is the second best Star Wars film ever made hands down second best Star Wars film ever made you can hold me to that. I don't like ranking the films in order, but it definitely goes for me. Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One. Which, Rogue One should be watched before Empire Strikes Back. But that's uh, b- beside the point. It's beside the point. Now people are bickering, bickering and arguing over uh, Star Wars Episode Eight coming out, and they're bickering and arguing even more. Bickering and arguing even more over J.J. Abrams being announced as coming back for Episode Nine to close out the series, to close out the new trilogy. And to me, it brings it full circle. I'm like, why not? This is perfect. This is great. It's going to have, hopefully, a great ending because J.J. Abrams takes franchises that were stalled, dying, or dead and puts these new, puts this new life into it and this new spin, and it's a refreshing puff of air. Like the Star Trek films were a refreshing puff of air, if you ask me. And I was a guy who didn't like Star Trek. Now, speaking of both of these, 
If you have not watched Seth MacFarlane's The Orville, that's a stupid funny show that I like. Oddly, it can get political somehow because I think it was episode three got political over transgender over transgenderism and doing like a transgender operation on babies. It's really odd. I can't really I can't go into details and explain it. But it was really odd to sit through the episode, especially because Seth MacFarlane, liberal type of person, I'm expecting the message to be something rather screwed up when the message the entire time, up until the end of it, was don't we have a set of morals about doing something to a newborn baby, switching their sex up like that? Especially because there's uh, horror stories of you know people who have eventually cl- committed suicide because their gender was changed at birth by their parents, not by their choice. Yada yada. Uh, I don't know what the message was at the end of the episode. I was very confused by it, but the show itself rather funny in a stupid you know in the stupid typical Seth MacFarlane way. If you don't like Seth MacFarlane. And that type of humor, you're not going to like the Orville. But if you do like it, you will love the Orville because it's just it's a stupid, dumb humor that I just can't, I can't get enough of it when I watch it. So that's going to do it for me this week. This I promise, I promise you, this is going to be the last episode that I talk about freaking football players kneeling. And I just I can't I can't go on anymore. I've I've read too many different opinions and too many people at each other's throats, and nobody, almost nobody, taking the step back and saying this is what Donald Trump has thrown out in front of the American people because we're just we're in a blood fest against each other over it. So, so yeah, that's gonna do it for me, guys. Keep your eyes peeled on the blog this week. There will be a new blog post at fritzcast.wordpress.com for their blog. Keep your eyes peeled on the Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash the Fritzcast. And as always, at FritzQS on the Twitter. Uh, I'm getting ready to implement things like smaller video snippets talking about things and trying to generate some more buzz and talk and get people more involved with my show. So, so remember, I love you all. And remember, there's more going on than football players kneeling. We have North Korea. We have a healthcare intervention that's going nowhere fast and a president that is a reality TV star. <laughs>